following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, please visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. Y'all about sung out? Well, I promise you, I'm not going to preach you out. I feel the Lord in the house tonight. You know, when you get to talking about the Holy Spirit, he has a way of showing up. And we've been talking about the Holy Spirit the last two weeks, and we're not going to be remiss tonight. We're going to mention it again and talk about it again. He is in this house right now. And we're going to discuss it tonight. And next week will be the end of this series. We're going one more week because next week we're going to tell you four things that the Holy Spirit will do in your life that you need in your life. And the way to get those things moving in your life is to receive and be filled with the Holy Spirit baptism. And I believe that God has it for everybody. You believe that? I believe God has it for everybody. Now, I hate to do this. I really do. But I need you to stand. Let's be Catholic tonight and stand one more time. Let's stand one more time. And now look around at your neighbor and say, I am so happy to be here. And all you people online, we're happy to have you. Now you can be seated again. All right, there you go. I just want you to get up and sit down and act like you've been to town. All right. We're we're, we're talking about the ghost. Many of you have not heard perhaps this series. I I, kind of got this little thought from a little old gentleman in Dallas years ago that all of his family came in and were saved and many of them were just absolutely baptized overwhelmingly with the baptism. And, uh, and, and he, he, they asked me to go out and see him, so I went out and saw him one day. And when I walked in, he knew who I was. He said, don't you bring that ghost around here. I don't want none of that. <laughs> and you know what? You know what? The Holy Spirit is, uh, is a gentleman. He, he's not going to rush in and, 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 and throw you down and put you in a high hold and say, you know, I got you. He's not going to do that. But if you'll open up your heart to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will fill you from here to here and all around you. God is in the saving business. You believe that? John chapter three will be our go-to tonight. Tonight, the ghost part three. I will not be lengthy. Perhaps you've heard about the ad placed in the lost and found section of the classifieds. It said, lost dog. Heinz 57 Mutt has only one eye, limps due to an accident with the car, hard of hearing, patches of fur missing from the mange, answers to Lucky. (laughs) And some folks were probably wondering why a dog like that is called Lucky. Here's the reason. The poor little Mutt is lucky because someone cares enough to look for him. I want to declare about a church here tonight, despite many of your misfortunes, someone loves you enough that we want to preach you the truth in this house tonight. And I believe with all my heart that God is going to let you hear the word of the Lord tonight. The year was 1809. Napoleon, there's a picture, was in the middle of conquering Austria. In April the 14th, he defeated Austria in a battle. April the 20th, he defeated Austria again in a battle. Same town, Abensburg, Bavaria. In April 22nd, the Battle of Ekmul, Napoleon defeats an archduke named Karl. But on May 21st, at Aspen, Esslin, Austrian Archduke Karl defeats Napoleon. Then July the 5th, the Battle of Wagram, Napoleon beats Archduke Charles. 
And while all that was going on over in Austria, at the same time, at the same time, 1809, some of the greatest births in the world were happening. Greatest births, like Lewis Braille, the creator of the blind system for reading and writing, like Kit Carson, the American frontiersman, like Alfred Lord Tennyson, the poet laureate of the United Kingdom, like Edgar Allan Poe, quote the raven nevermore, the American writer and poet, like Charles Darwin, the origin of species man, the theory of evolution, and like the great Abraham Lincoln, 16th president, the Emancipation Proclamation man, he brought healing to America. See, while millions were watching Austria fall, there was a birth of unbelievable talent, awesome ability, great leadership that would affect change in our world. Are you with me tonight? The world was captured, though, by the sunset that was happening in Austria. Austria was going down. Austria was being captured by Napoleon. While a sunrise of world leaders were taking place on the same globe. If we do not watch ourselves in this hour, we can become sunset people in a sunrise dispensation. See, we're living in closing times. That's true. By the Mayan calendar, the earth was no longer supposed to exist after December the 21st, 2012. Uh-oh, it's still here. There was even a movie released about it the day the Lord was at hand, it said. People were fearful. Fear came upon the world. Christians were asking questions about it. Hell had a heyday about it. But you see, God spoke one day to a prophet named Joel. And the prophet Joel said, in the last days, in the last days, says the Lord, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and sons and daughters and handmaids and serpents and servants. The world will feel the power of the spirit, not fear of the future. Stop right now. I am not a pastor that's going to preach everything's going to hell in a handbasket. I still believe that the church's greatest hour is still ahead of us, not behind us. Because God will have the last say. Come on, clap your hands real big. God will have the last say. So my question tonight, are you watching the sunset of things or are you watching the sunrise of the Holy Spirit in this world? Luke chapter one, verse 78 and 79 calls the Messiah's birth a day spring. Everybody say day spring. His birth cast a light on 400 years of darkness. 400 years, no one had heard from God, but then the day spring was born. And it cast light on a dark, dark world. And his spirit in the last days will cast a light on the dark kingdom of Satan. I want to declare to you, Satan is already lost in heaven. He was kicked out with one third of the angels. He already lost in hell. Jesus took the keys of death, hell, and the grave. And I promise you, God's going to go three for three against him. It'll be a shutout victory because in the last days, it's not going down, folks. This thing's going up and it's going over. You better get on board and get a hold of what God's doing in this hour. Come on, clap your hands real big. It's going to happen. It will happen. Jesus met a man named Nicodemus at night. And Nicodemus looked at him and said, you know, you must be a teacher come from God being able to do all the miracles that you have done. Surely you're a teacher sent from God. And Jesus just hit him real hard. He said, except a man is born again. He cannot see the kingdom of God. 
And Nicodemus said, how can this be? Can he enter his mother's womb a second time? And Jesus said, except a man is boy be born of water and of the spirit, big S, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto you, you must be born again. Everybody say amen to that. Amen. That's Jesus talking. That's not Pastor Rex, that's Jesus talking. Then the verse eight says, the wind blows where it lists and you hear it but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone that is born of the spirit. Jesus told Nicodemus, the wind will blow. Do you believe that? The wind will blow where and when it wants to blow. I find it interesting, folks, that Jesus' first comparison and first metaphor of the Holy Ghost was the wind, was the wind. The Bible speaks of the Holy Spirit as oil. I told you last week, as fire. I told you last week, and water. But Jesus, in his first mention of it, called it the wind. Maybe it's because that oil loses viscosity. Maybe it's because that fire will finally burn itself out. Maybe it's because water will be soaked into the ground because the earth is never satisfied, Proverbs says, or evaporated to the heavens to make the clouds rain again. But the wind, the wind, the wind, it just blows and blows and blows and blows and blows. When you get it, say amen, and blows and blows and blows and blows. The planets of our solar system may lack water, they may lack oil, and they may lack fire, but all of them, every planet in our solar system has wind. Has wind. Wind even blows in outer space because the wind is everywhere. The blowing of the wind can change the whole topography of the land. I was raised in West Texas. I was raised in West Texas. We had some sandstorms in West Texas. And because of that in those old oil field places, we had sand hills out there. But I would notice when a hard sandstorm would come, the locations of the hills would change by the blowing of the wind. The whole topography, because I had little hills that I liked to jump and play on in sundown Texas. But the next morning after a windstorm, that hill wouldn't be there. It'd be way over yonder because the wind has a way of changing the topography of the land. I want to declare to somebody in this house that no matter where you are in your life, if you let the wind blow in your life, it'll change the topography of the land on which you are. It'll change what you're standing on. It'll give you a solid foundation. It'll cause you to rise up and say, I'm standing on something solid. The wind of God is blowing in my life. There's two things I know about the wind. Number one, you can't quarantine the wind. Everybody say you can't quarantine it. You can't put up enough walls to stop it. You can't put up enough windbreakers to stop it. You can't build enough walls <laughs> to stop it. You'll get that after a while. Years ago, hoof and mouth disease was discovered in Ireland. And the English people were right across the water and they tried to keep it out of their country. So they quarantined their animals. They did, not, they did all they could to protect those animals. They raised walls of resistance. They built special barns for safety. And they quarantined those animals inside those barns and they made those barns 
as, as, as soundproof and as windproof as they could. Yet there was one thing they could not quarantine. The wind was still going to blow. And it blew from Ireland to England and infected the animals of England. And thousands of animals died as a result. That's a bad thing. But the wind blows, folks, where it wants to. You can't stop it. The smog in L.A. a few years back, a mayor said on the radio and TV, what this city needs is a wind from elsewhere. Wind came and the smog was gone. The same wind, folks, that blew infection in blew the smog away. If you need something to be blown into your life, raise your hands and God will send the wind to you. If you need something taken out of your life, raise your hands and say, take it out, God, and God will take it out of your life. There is nothing, come on now, like the wind of the Spirit in your life. Let the wind of the Holy Ghost blow in your life. The Bible said, don't resist the Spirit. Quench not the Spirit. Yield to it. You hear me. There's nothing greater in all the world than yielding to the wind of the fire of God. Amen. And the second thing I know about the wind, you can't stop it. You can't stop it. Tornadoes blow. We call them F1s to F5. The other night we were having a little session, a little meal over at Cass and Brad's house and I was making some statements and I was talking and all of a sudden a wind storm just came, boom. And it hit the house and we heard some, heard some things in the backyard that sounded like somebody was jumping on the trees in the backyard. And we walked out when the wind was gone. It was gone in just a little while and limbs were laying all over the ground. And, and they have a pool. It was laying all in their pool. That wind came and snapped those limbs off and snapped those leaves off and just took it away. Here's what I want to tell you. If you got something you don't want anymore, just hold it out and say, wind blow. Boom. <laughs> if you got something, maybe a bad mother-in-law or something, whatever, you know. <laughs> or you got an illness. Come on, let me preach. Or you got some problems on your job. Or you got some devils that are chasing after you. Or you got some things that you don't want in your life. Just hold it out. Let the wind blow. It'll take it away. Come on now, you can't stop the wind. Hurricane winds come in categories one through five. And we've had some category fives. We've had some category fours that's hit Texas in the last several years. Back in the 1980s, the government, yes, our government, created what they called a silver bullet theorem, thinking that exploding a canister in the eye of a hurricane would dissipate the wind. They really thought they had something working. It didn't work. You know why? Because Jesus said, the wind blows wherever it wants to blow. And there's not anything that man can do that can stop the wind from blowing. Are you catching what I'm saying? There's not anything denominations can do. The wind's going to blow. There's not anything atheists can say. The wind's going to blow. There's not anything that agnostic people can say. The wind's going to blow. Just get ready. He said, I will pour out my spirit. Oh, hallelujah. On all flesh, the wind is going to blow. <laughs> hey, don't be driving out of here tonight and get to praising Jesus. He's liable to hit you with a tornado right in the driver's seat. God wants the wind to blow in your life. He went on to say, you hear it. 
but cannot tell where it comes from or where it goes. In Acts 2, the Bible said there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing, say rushing, rushing. say mighty, mighty. Wind. wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. Amen. Folks, I've been in services. I was raised in Pentecost. I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not ashamed of it at all. I was raised in this. And I love, I love when the Holy Spirit would hit the service. Because, you know, you, know, you know, back in West Texas, we had some dead, dull, dry, boring service. In fact, there was church services I slap out went to sleep. I went to sleep at an altar one night because I was praying for the Holy Spirit to fill my life. And I got tired. Nobody was praying with me because I was just a kid. I just, I just crashed right there at the altar. And I woke up a little later and nobody had come to wake me up. I guess they thought I was in a trance or something. I don't know what they're thinking. And I woke up and then I was embarrassed that I went to sleep in a Holy Spirit filled church. I hope you're not sleeping right now because I'm fixing to hit you with some stuff that you need to hear. But I've been in services when it was just like this la 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 la. And then all of a sudden, bam, it hit. And you don't know where it comes from, you don't know how it got there. It's just God is sovereign and he sends the wind when he wants to send the wind. And all of a sudden people start finding God and all of a sudden folks get healed and folks get delivered and some shout unto God and then it's gone. Where did it come from? Better yet, where did it go? It's amazing to me, folks. It's amazing. Of all the comparisons of a newborn believer, Jesus chose to compare it to the wind. It blows unstoppably wherever it wants to blow. Say amen to that. And what the Lord is saying is pretty simple. When a person is born of the wind of the spirit, that person becomes unstoppable. Some of you didn't get that. I'm gonna say it again. When you are born of the wind of the spirit, you become an unstoppable entity. You become hell's nightmare. You become demon's resistance. You all of a sudden have something that hell can't conquer because greater is he that is in you. Amen. Hell does not like this kind of teaching, but Jesus said in Acts 1 and 8, ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Spirit has come upon you, Acts 1 and 8. I want you to write these next thing down. There's five Greek words for the English word power. You ready? One is kratos, K-R-A-T-O-S. It means simply strength. I'm not far from finishing. Stay with me. I'm not going to preach as long as they sing. <laughs> I know my audience, and I know you need to go home because your kids have school tomorrow. I know all that. Everybody say Kratos. Say strength. strength. You need some strength? Yes. You shall receive power Amen. after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You're going to get strength. Come on, you're going to get strength. You're not going to be limp. You're not going to be walking like you can't stand up, like you just barely make it through life. You're going to stand with strength. You're going to be able to look at the world and say, uh-uh, not today, Satan. Not today. Not today. The second word is dunamis which means dynamite, explosive power. Woo, hallelujah. You're gonna be dangerous. You got power in you. Then the word exousia, which means absolute unrestricted authority, which it means dominion. 
Listen to me. Listen to me. If Adam had dominion over the lions and the lynx and the leopards and all the stuff in the garden, when you receive the baptism of the wind, you'll have dominion over all the stuff Adam had dominion over before he sinned because the Holy Spirit can come into your life and give you dominion and nothing, nothing shall harm you. You walk into a world and say, I'm going to be different today. I'm going to have dominion over my life. I'm going to have dominion over the world. I'm going to have dominion over sin. I will win this thing called the battle of life. I will win it. Oh, I'm trying to preach fast. The next word is megalioth. Megalioth, it means grandeur, splendor, immensity. It means majesty, knowing that the Lord will return. It means simply this. I know what I have a hold of and I know who sent it to me and I'm going to receive it because I know he'll come when I need him the most in my life. And then the last word is cheer, C-I-E-R, C-E-I-R. It means creation, might, activity, and power. Now listen to me. You need that one as bad as any of them because many of you say, you know, Pastor, I'm in a position right now. I've never been in my life. I wish God could just give me some creative power, just make me fly out of here. Let me tell you something. He said he would make a way in the wilderness. He would give you streams in the desert. He would make grass grow on the mountain. Do you need anything else in your life? You're facing a mountain. There's grass on the mountain. Hallelujah. You're in a wilderness. There's a way out of the wilderness. You're in a desert. There's streams in the desert. What do you need? God can give creative power to you when you're walking through. You'll have stuff come to your life and say, where did that come from? I don't know where it came from, but I know it's here for me. And I'm going to receive the power that God has for me in the Holy Spirit. Come on, clap your hands. See, people that are filled with the Holy Ghost control their own destiny. A person born of the Spirit of God cannot be stopped, cannot be stymied, will not be defeated because the wind blows. Your worship cannot be quieted because the wind blows. Your Bible reading is at your disposal because the wind blows. Your prayer life is yours because the wind blows. Your testimony remains because the wind blows. First John 4 and 4, I wrote it this way. The greater is in you, not the one that is in the world. That's the version PRV. That's Pastor Rex's version. I want you to know the power within is greater than the forces without. The devil, your unsaved loved ones, this world cannot stop you from doing God's work because the wind will blow. Whatever you need in your life, just start walking with it. Just start walking with it. You know, when I was a kid, we, we had West Texas wind, and, and I had this little old bicycle, and it was one of those kind that didn't have the speeds on it. And, and it was hard as a kid to pedal against the wind. Those West Texas winds would get up 35, 40 miles an hour. But I used to love this. I would push that bike up a hill going west, and I would get to the top of the hill, and then I would turn around and jump on that bike and just go down the hill like this. <laughs> What I want you to understand is whatever you're pushing against, you need to turn around and quit resisting the Holy Spirit and turn around and let it get at your back and take you on a journey like you've never been in your life because the wind's gonna blow and the wind will blow you to victory in your life. Clap your hands all over this house. Let me speak tonight. Give me five more minutes. Let me speak of a word called quitism. I don't even know if it's a word or not. Everybody say quitism. quitism. I think I made it up. 
But I want to address that word now. Too much of that is in the world today. People just quitting. Quitting. They're watching sunsets of trouble, not sunrises of blessings. They're giving up on their marriage. They're giving up on their kids. They're giving up on their jobs. They're giving up on their education. They're giving up on their family. They're giving up on their church. They're giving up on God. People are just quitting. That sounds like West quitting. Isaiah 40 says, the Lord faints not. Neither is he weary. There's no searching of his understanding. But he gives power to the faint. To them that have no might, he increases strength. Dr. Taylor texts me from time to time and he quotes this to me. And I love this verse. The Lord faints not. Neither is he weary. There is no searching of his understanding. But he gives power to the faint. To them that have no might, he increases strength. I read about a woman that went to a doctor one day. She had a cold and the doctor said to her, you got this from kissing somebody. So she went home and told her husband. And he said, I hadn't had a cold in 15 years. Who you been kissing? I would like to pose that question to all of you who want to quit on Jesus. And quit on the church and quit on your families and quit on your marriage and quit on your job and quit on your careers and quit on your tomorrows. Who have you been kissing? That's cool, isn't it? You didn't get that give up or give in spirit and idea from God. Because the Lord faints not. Neither is he weary. There's no searching of his understanding, but he gives power to the faint. To them that have no might, he increases strength. Everybody say, I'm tired of kissing things. Say it. That makes me want to quit on God. Here's why the church many times gets stuck. Randy, if you'll help me. That just is a, that's, a, that's just a, a, a strange fire I'm starting over here because I want y'all to think I'm about to quit. Here's why I think churches get stuck. If one looks at old maps of the ocean currents, you'll see great areas just north of the equator in the Atlantic, Pacific, and even the Indian Oceans. And they're marked on the map as doldrums, doldrums. It's an area between the prevailing oceanic winds. It's an area where the air is very warm and it's still and it's humid. Sea captains try their best to avoid these places where there is no wind. Now and then a careless captain would sail his ship directly into the center of the doldrums or the doldrums area would shift north or south. And ships that went into the doldrums took on a different look. Now stay with me. Ships that are in the doldrums, the sails would sag and droop. Ships that were in the doldrums, the whole ship would take on an appearance of fatigue. Ships that were in the doldrums, the sun would beat down on all the men on the deck. Ships that were in the doldrums, the interior of the ship would become like a smelly, humid dungeon. Ships that were in the doldrums, sailors would get sick of all kinds of diseases. And if all you had was a sail, the only hope was a sustained breeze. And God always allowed a breeze to come to get ships out of the doldrums. Thank God for the wind. Thank God for the wind. This is one of my favorite expressions of the Holy Spirit. 
Because I love the fact, I love the fact that Jesus used it. I love the fact that the wind is unstoppable and you can't quarantine it. I love that. But what I love the most is this, that every man that's born of the Spirit is like an unstoppable wind. So why don't we leave this place tonight saying, you know what? I'm going to kick it into another gear. I'm going to shift down and get me some momentum. I'm going to hold my hand out and say, wind blow. I'm going to hold my, my situation out and say, blow wind. And I'm going to go to bed tonight believing that God's going to let the wind blow in my situation and change my topography of my life tomorrow. I believe that. I just really believe that. I really do believe that. That God can. That God can. That God can. I pastored a man in Dallas, Texas years ago. One of the kindest men I've ever pastored in my life. But he resisted the Holy Spirit. Resisted it continually. And one night he went home and I'd preached on it real strong. The Holy Spirit needs to come into your life. And he went home and he sat up in his bed and he said, Lord, if the Holy Spirit is real, let something happen to me tonight. And he laid down, shouldn't have said that. Because God can prove anything he wants to prove to you. And when you're talking about the Holy Spirit, it was what he said in John 7, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And this spake he of the Spirit, which was not yet given, because he was not yet glorified. It's the only time you'll ever see Jesus standing, preaching in the Bible. He always sat down, but when he got to talking about the Holy Spirit, he stood up. Here's what I want to declare. The man went to sleep. And he called me the next morning very early and woke me up. Because at 2, 2.30 in the morning, he sat straight up in his bed. And he said he felt what he thought was a wind. And the baptism of the Holy Spirit filled his life. It doesn't matter your denomination. It doesn't matter how you were raised. It doesn't matter what you were brought up in. All it takes is an honest, sincere soul and say, God, I'm open to anything you have for me. And when you get open, God will shut the door on your life and fill you with his spirit. I promise that. And you'll be a different person than you ever could imagine in your life. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet all over the building. I tried to get through quicker than this, but I'm sorry. Thank you. Thank you, praise team, for being so fabulous tonight. Thank you. Thomas Kinsey was a pastor in New Hampshire. He sent a birthday card to his dad one day. His dad was turning 75. And Kinsey's card had two boats on the outside. One boat was a sailboat. The other was a rowboat. And he wondered if his father had to make the choice which boat he would prefer to cross the body of water with. And so Kinsey bought the card and and in a note to his dad, shared the thoughts he had, he had in the card shop. Then he asked his father a question, your simple style of living, Daddy, and with your ability to decide things that make the most sense, which boat would you choose, the rowboat or the sailboat? Several weeks later, Pastor Kinsey received his response from his father. 
The father said, I noticed that the rowboat had no engine, but that the sailboat had a sail. My question before making the decision, son, is there any wind? Hmm. I would like to tell the father of Pastor Kenzie, there's still a wind of the spirit in the world today. Despite what you've heard, the Holy Spirit's not out of business. He still feels hungry hearts. He still blesses questing souls. He still quenches thirsting lives. He still gives you healing of broken dreams. He still puts together dysfunctional families. He still turns around bitter spirits. He is still the filler. Can I say something to you this week? Let the wind blow in your life. Come on, let the wind blow in your life. Come on, let the wind blow in your life. Clap your hands all over the house. Let the wind blow in your life. Why don't you do me a favor and lift your hands like this right here all over the house. Lift your hands and say, Holy Spirit, you're welcome in my life. Come on, you're welcome in my life. Blow, wind, blow. Come on, blow, wind, blow. You're welcome in my life. God, change my, my setting, God. Change the topography of where I walk. Change my attitude. Change my location, God. Change what I'm doing in my life. Make me a servant of you, Lord. Let me have your spirit in my life. I want your Holy Ghost in my life. I want to be filled. I want to be filled. I want to be filled. Now bow your heads and close your eyes just a moment. Dear Father, I love you tonight. And next week we're going to complete this, this journey of the ghost. But I thank you, Lord, that the wind blows. I thank you, Lord, that when we're born of the Spirit, we become an unstoppable entity and hell cannot handle a Holy Spirit child of God. Thank you for that. Now, Lord, I want everybody. I love people that have received the Lord in their life and have repented and have confessed and said, Lord, I want you in my life. And I love that. I love that, Lord. But I know what will take us through this life like nothing else, and that's being filled with the Holy Spirit in our life. Let it happen. Let it unfold in our lives. In Jesus' name. So I want you to lift your hands. Here's how we